Hey guys, we're on live and recording. So tonight we're going to go into the law one and discuss um, what they have to say about Jesus. And it has been on my mind so recently um, about the fact that we're at the end of the age and how law one says, you know, there isn't a um, specific returning of the soul that we know as Jesus, but those of his vibration that would return and like welcome people to uh, fourth density. And I think we're seeing the beginnings of it now um, with with some of the star seeds and the work that's being done spiritually, especially in the catalyst of the last couple of years um, and before. So um, let's go into uh, a couple of law one quotes that talk about Jesus. I believe I think we've talked about him before, but I do want to kind of go in with yet another perspective on this. Okay. So this is session seventeen, question eleven. So John asks, um, can you tell me who, before incarnation into this density, was the one known as Jesus of Nazareth? So Ra explains that um, they kind of have difficulty with this, but they ask him to um, kind of rephrase it a little bit. So then they ask, um, what I meant to say was, can you tell me if Jesus of Nazareth came from the confederation before incarnation here? So, um, and in previous sessions, uh, LeBrock talks about a confederation of uh, beings that um, are assisting the, the planet spiritually. So, Ra answers, uh, the one known to you is Jesus of Nazareth did not have a name. This entity was a member of uh, fifth density, which they later correct to fourth of the highest level of that sub-octave. So um, it's the highest level of fourth density is what they're saying. This entity was uh, desirous of entering this planetary sphere in order to share the love vibration in as pure a manner as possible. Thus, this entity received permission to perform this mission. Um, this entity was then a wanderer of no name, of confederation origins of fourth density, representing the fourth density understanding of the vibration of understanding or love. It just goes to show like the bravery when this person like had absolutely no name or this entity had no name and is like, hey, I want to do this mission. I want to go down there and talk about a bunch of stuff these people don't understand that I may be killed for, but I'm going to do it anyway because I love my creator and I serve my creator and this is how it's going to be. So it reminds us a lot about, you know, current star seeds and wanderers here today, uh, how we uh, are offering this information, even though uh, we are sometimes still persecuted for this, um, for this stuff. So, okay. So this is another interesting one. It talks somewhat about the betrayal that we know of between uh, Judas and Jesus. It goes into quite a bit of detail. 
but what that was about. I know that was one thing that we learned very heavily in uh, Christian baptism about the uh, the betrayal. But this kind of helped me understand it on such a deeper level about what was going on between those two. Um, so Don asks, can you tell me what the Orion group did in order to try to cause this downfall? So they, they're actually saying this was the Orion group's fault. Basically, we can blame them um, that they had their influence somewhere in Judas. Uh, so raw answers, we may describe in general what occurred. The technique was that of building upon uh, other negatively oriented information. This information had been given by the one whom your peoples called Yahweh. Okay. This information involves many structures upon behavior and promise power over the third density service to self nature. So they were getting uh, maybe Jesus and his disciples were getting somewhat conflicting information or Judas was rather on how to use this knowledge for um, basis of service to self or service to others. Uh, these two types of distortions were impressed upon those already oriented to think these thought forms. Okay. Eventually led to many challenges of the entity known as Jesus. It eventually led to one sound complex, Judas, as you may call this entity, who believed that it was doing the appropriate thing and bringing about or forcing upon the one you call Jesus, the necessity for bringing in the third density planetary power distortion of third density rule over others. This entity, Judas, felt that if pushed into a corner, the entity you call Jesus would then be able to see the wisdom of using the power of intelligent infinity in order to rule others. The one you call Judas was mistaken in this estimation of the reaction of Jesus, whose teach learning was not oriented towards this distortion. The resulted, this resulted in the destruction of the bodily complex um, of the one known as Jesus. So think about this. So in, in the Christian religion, uh, and probably Catholicism as well. Uh, Margie, you can probably um, educate on that one, on the differences between the, the stories that they teach. But I know in Christianity, we we are told that um, Jesus is the one that gave up. I'm sorry, Judas was the one that gave up uh, Jesus' location and eventually led him to getting arrested. So Judas felt like if he did that to Jesus, that Jesus would eventually We'd be back into a corner. He's arrested. What's he going to do? He is going to um, then in turn, in that moment, decide to use the knowledge that he has, the consciousness that he has to, um, you know, create some type of rule over others. And but it didn't happen that way. Jesus stood in his conviction that he would be a peaceful being and he would still offer love and forgiveness. And he did uh, because even when he was being crucified, his words were forgive them father for they know not what they do. So Judas was wrong. He was not going to do that. 
And this is also very applicable to those narcissistic relationships when that narcissist is wanting that reaction and wanting this person to um, uh, act violently. And uh, then they can say, look at you, you're acting violently. Look at you, you're being reactive and this and that. So um, the service to others entity that is um, polarized that way will uh, choose not to react and give that reaction uh, the way they want. So that's probably why Judas, like himself, Margie said, yeah, probably. Like, and I see this playing out in other things too currently in our current time. So the way that I feel it playing out is exactly this story. Um, it, when they try to win and they go full force with trying to win, they are actually going to to destroy themselves because I think maybe um, the ones that are polarized positively or just a, uh, the quiet majority, honestly, a silent majority is not going to give them what they want. And in return, um, they actually end up destroying themselves. So quite interesting. Okay. Let's go to the next one, uh, which is session 18. Don't let me copy and paste. Seventeen questions. All right. All right. So then, if the entity Jesus was fourth density, and there are wanderers on the planet today who came from densities even higher, fifth and sixth densities, what was it that Jesus did that enabled him to be such a good healer? And could you use these fifth? Uh, could these fifth and sixth density beings here today do the same? Um, so raw answers, those who heal may be of any density which has the consciousness of the spirit. That includes third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. The third density can be one in which healing takes place just as the others. However, there is more illusion, illusory material to understand, to balance, to accept, and to move forward from. The gate to intelligent infinity can only be opened when an understanding of the streamings of intelligent en infinity are opened. I'm sorry, intelligent energy are opened unto the healer. These are the so-called natural laws of your local space-time continuum of its web and electromagnetic sources or next side of streaming energy, okay? So first, know, or know then first the mind and the body. Know your mind, know your body. And as the spirit is integrated and synthesized, those who are harmonized into a mind-body-spirit complex, which can then move along the dimensions and which can open the gateway to intelligent infinity, thus healing the self by light and sharing that light with others. Okay. True healing is simply the radiance of the self causing and 
environment in which a catalyst may occur, which initiates the recognition of self by the self of the self-healing properties of the self. So interesting. So natural laws. And for some reason, whenever I read that particular passage, those words, I, my mind went to the natives, you know, they understood natural laws, they understood the laws of nature and the forces of nature. Um, and I think before we've talked about the elements, like, you know, when we, the elements were the first entities here, which means that they do have an intelligence. Of we are the elements, you know, when we understand the elements, then this, this powerful healing moves through um, and manifests. So um, natural laws, interesting. And, you know, electromagnetic sources, you know, we are completely electromagnetic beings. Uh, we have electricity running through our nerves with every movement, every single millisecond of the day. Uh, it's moving into our heart. You know, there are actually neurons in the heart. There's a bundle of neurons. And uh, it takes a um, required continuous um surge of electricity to make our heart beat every single time uh you know the when you go have um ekgs done and you see that little rhythm uh, that's actually they're measuring the electricity of your heart um that's what that is and we have iron and we have calcium and we have magnesium in our bloods and our tissue we are electromagnetic beings um so the mind is the trickiest to know because the mind, you really have to do that inner work and you have to basically um, I don't know, lose yourself in the labyrinth of your own mind to find yourself. You know, you understand that you are all these experiences. You are your feelings. You are your uh, senses. You are um, everything. You are that. But that's also your Akashic record, all of your experiences, all of all of everything that has ever happened to you in each second. That is you. That's also our creator. And that is still a very little fractal of our creator. But we are a part of it. And it is a part of us. Um, then you then it comes the spirit. The spirit is uh, when you finally understand. Um, that you are a spirit with a body you are not a body with a spirit you are a spirit that is just temporarily uh, manifested into a vessel that we call a body at this moment in time and your spirit is what catalyzes movement of that body your consciousness is what catalyzes that movement i you know i couldn't move my arm without first thinking move my arm so what is in there? What causes those thoughts? It is your consciousness. It is our creator. It comes from somewhere. Um, and then true healing. True healing is simply the radiance of the self causing an environment, um, which initiates a recognition of self. When you recognize yourself as a creator, as the creator, as a part of that creator, that is where the true healing is. When you can transform yourself, that is magic. That is absolutely pure magic. When you have that ability to transform yourself into who you know you are, who you want to be, okay, 
that is magic. So let's move on. <laughs> I lost myself on that one. <laughs> um, so let's move on now. Let's learn more about Jesus. Um, let's see here. Uh, this next one talks about, you know, him being angry at a playmate younger on. Um, he recognized his ability that he had and he got scared. He's like, hey, I don't want to hurt people with this. So um, that's kind of when he kind of disappears from the history of the Bible. Um, and I mean, there's been evidence of him being in Egypt. There's been evidence of him being in India. Um, <clears throat> Dolores Cannon books talks about how he was in um, with the Essenes, which I absolutely believe the Essenes were a group of people that uh, lived by themselves. Um, they're very, very protective of their community that they lived in, but some were known to um, be able to levitate. They, they didn't grow old very fast, like they had unusually long lifespans. Um, so my assumption is they were learning this, this ancient this ancient knowledge from, uh, you know, the mystery schools and, and things. So the true knowledge of what, you know, uh, um, how to access these levels of consciousness. Okay. Okay, here we go. Here is one that I was talking about earlier. This um it kind of uh, describes the the return. Okay, here we go. And that would be session 17, question 22. In our culture, there is a great saying that he will return. Can, that he will return. Can you tell me if this is planned? And the answer is, drum roll, I will attempt to sort out this question. It's difficult. This entity became aware that it was not an entity of itself, but operated as a messenger of the one creator. <clears throat> Whom this entity saw as love. This entity was aware that this cycle was in its last portion and spoke to the effect that those of its consciousness would return at the harvest. This particular complex you call Jesus is, as what you call an entity, not to return except as a member of the confederation, occasionally speaking through a channel. Okay. However, there are others of the identical congruency of consciousness that will welcome those to the fourth density. This is the meaning of the returning. So I was reading this last night, and well, yesterday actually. And I, and then um, if you guys haven't checked out Jacob Cox's uh, uh, show on Ascension Works TV, go to it. We had a wonderful conversation last night, and Jesus was brought up. And what also came up is that, um, you know, the persecution that we have had over even having this this knowledge of accessing higher states of consciousness you know and and i was i was like oh my gosh so in christianity we are taught to worship jesus right okay absolutely i do i mean i grew up that way i was my grandfather was a deacon i'm a very good deacon at that so when he lived away uh and there's still nothing wrong with it but what i see happening even still today uh, which it is becoming more accepted, but I don't know. So hear me out, though. So Jesus, 
um, we worship, you know, we worship someone who was performing miracles and the miracles were uh, telling the future. Like there's, he made so many predictions that have either come true or will come true. Uh, but yet they persecute those who tell the future. <laughs> so then we are told to worship somebody who could raise the dead, but yet they persecute those who raise the dead. Um, we worship one who um, who walk on water could levitate, but yet we're told to persecute uh, those who could levitate. So it's like a huge oxymoron. And, you know, this is all just to keep us from understanding that we are a part of that source, that we are a part of that creator as well. Just as Jesus said, I will do these things and so shall you and greater. Uh, but yet every time someone comes up to do these things, they get persecuted. We had the witch trials. I mean, just <laughs> I'm like they have been stopping the second coming or the so-called second coming uh, for centuries now. When and it's all to keep us not understanding our own power, because they know that once we realize our own power, that we have a connection to that as well, that they would be time for. So they don't have the power anymore over us. So, so bring it on. <laughs> um, so that is what it means by the second coming is, you know, we are every day we are becoming more and more aware of our own connection and uh, the creator that lies within. And all this persecution that's done to me personally and um, others, uh, they're only like igniting a fire inside of our souls. It's just never going to stop. So I think that every persecution, with every persecution, they just light that fire brighter. So I am grateful for it. And they don't even realize it. Or maybe they do. I don't know. <laughs> so. Because it also says sometimes you got to give people a catalyst. So, I mean, that's a little questionable there. So, yeah, we are the second coming. It's happening right now. Um, there are still those that are waiting for uh, someone to come down from the sky. And a big hologram of Jesus in the sky is what they're waiting for. And that's not what the second coming is. It is in your heart chakra. It is activating that that green ray and understanding what it means and accessing these states of consciousness to know that as Jesus um, raised Lazarus, I, too, can raise Lazarus. Uh, as Jesus walked on wire, water, I can walk on water and more. That is what the second coming is. And you know what? There's millions of us now. There really is that are ac accessing these states of consciousness and understanding what it means. Um, so they're not going to stop it now. And again, you know, the, the fire that's lit in my soul is that eternal fire. It ain't going to quit. All right. Um, this one to you I read yesterday, which was... Um, quite interesting because it actually gives Jesus his real name of what he was called at that time so okay so this is session 33 question 11 um, and part of this might have been 
continued from before, but I think the, the most important part is in the answer. Uh, so this motion picture brought out this point at which we were talking about. Okay, they're talking about a movie. And the entity, the colonel, who had to make a decision at that point, I was just wondering with respect to polarity, uh, he could have either knuckled under, you might say, to the negative forces, but he chose to defend his friend instead. Is it possible for you to estimate which is more positively polarizing to defend the positively oriented entity or to allow the suppression by the negatively uh, oriented entities? Can you answer this? Okay. So they give an example. This question takes in the scope of force density as well as your own and its answer may best be seen by the action of the entity called, see if I don't uh, um, butcher this, Yehoshua, Yehoshua, which you call Jesus. I like practice pronouncing it like over and over again yesterday. <laughs> so I still got it wrong. This entity was defended by its friends. Okay. The entity reminded its friends to put away the sword. The entity then delivered itself to be put to the physical death. The impulse is to protect the loved other self is one which persists through the four density, a density abounding in compassion. So, okay. So I was watching something. I think it was X-Men Apocalypse the other day. And Magneto, even though he turned out, he kind of goes back and forth between the, being the villain and the hero, but... In that particular one, um, you know, people find out because he was kind of, uh, I don't know, living off-grid kind of, but he, he did have a job, but he had a wife and child, and they surrounded him because they figured out who he was, and in order to protect his wife and child, he said, no, you're not after them, take me, it's fine, like, prime example, so if if someone were to be coming after um, um, myself, you know, and, and they're trying to target my family or whoever it is, well, they can pick a fight with me all they want, but leave my family alone, basically, you know. Um, that is a fourth density energy. That is a fourth density compassion for others. So I completely get that. And we are kind of seeing some of that play out already. So, I mean, we, I, I would say we're probably transitional at this point between third and fourth. Um, we, we're seeing some of that play out. Um, I, some of this war that's being fought is more of a spiritual war, uh, uh, more like a war in your mind, good versus evil in your mind. <laughs> like we're all fighting our, our own evil as well as uh, evil on the outside. But there's no... Civil war happening. There's no war with bombs happening in the United States, which you know kind of leads me to believe we're really at that tipping point. I mean, we are right there. Um, one in one of the law of one sessions, it talks about you know when we get to that point, you know where we are right on the edge. Wars are going to be fought more with words than they are with physical bombs. So um, I, I do see that playing out. Yeah, and I see it playing out and um, yeah. Uh, relationships too not just my own but uh with others as well and uh, words it's like a psychological thing you know um kind of taking back the power of our own mind i think that's what this this catalyst is
Um, okay. This talks about Jesus' healing as well that he was doing. And I do want to go over the next one too. The next one is a really good one. Okay. Okay, so we're going on to session 73, question 13. What was the orientation with respect to this type of communication for the one known as Jesus? Ara says, you may have read some of this entity's workings. It offers itself as a teacher to those mind-body-spirit complexes, which gathered to hear and even then spoke is through a veil so as to leave the room for those wishing not to hear. So respecting free will. When this entity was asked to heal, it oftentimes did. Always ending with the working with two things, okay? So first, the the person that was healed had been healed by their faith. The ability to allow and accept changes through the crown chakra, the violet ray, into the gateway of intelligent infinity, which is the indigo ray. Secondly, saying, tell no one. These are the workings in which attempt a maximal quality of free will by maintaining fidelity, which is honesty, to the positive purity of the working. And I, there was something, um, I feel like this is missing something because I feel like he also said, you know, this comes through me, not from me, because he is channeling through that through from the creator. The creator was the one that was offering the healing through him as a channel. Um, so I feel like that's important to say as well. Um, you know, and when I look at what greed or the need for attention or um ego what ego does today is um you really want to watch the people that are doing good things behind the scenes you really do because the ones that are taking the attention for it and the money for it and the greed they're only in it for one thing and that is for the the, the all the attention of it so i feel like telling no one um you know you don't if i want to heal somebody why would I want to make sure 7 billion people see it to make me feel good? I don't need that. We don't need that. We need to, um, or I feel like it should come from me. Uh, I just want to help you heal. I don't care about what it gets me. I care about what it gets you. And that is healing uh, through your faith. That's what needs to be worried about. Uh, the next one I did want to cover too because it was an interesting question. Okay. Um, so session 73, question 16, the one known as Jesus accumulated 12 disciples. What was the purpose of him having those disciples? Um, so uh, Ra answers, well, what's the purpose of teaching and learning if there is if there's no learned teachers? You know, um, I mean, I could teach myself all day long, but it does help to kind of pass along the information. Those drawn to this entity were accepted by this entity without regard for any outcome. This entity accepted the honor slash duty placed upon it by its nature and a sense that to speak 
was its mission. Okay, so it helps to have teacher. It helps to have students, <laughs> and it helps to have people listening, even if it's just one person. You know, um, and I don't know the specific reason why he had twelve. I mean, there's also some um, uh, intriguing evidence that there might have been twelve women as well. So, um, and that could be. I think that kind of goes back to uh, nice exemplar research. But um, even if it's just one person, it helps you to teach what you're learning. Okay. So let's move on. Okay. I'm going to go to this one here and then we'll end, I think we'll end up going back one. But I want to make sure I. Cover it. Shoot. Okay. Got my own computer work with me. There we go. I was reading this yesterday and it was super interesting because I remember doing this, uh, the two Marys, right, exactly. Two Marys are like super important, if not the most important um, thing in the whole story of Jesus. In my own opinion. Okay, so session 88, question 19. Um, what did raw use in third density they ask raw answers you are aware at your attempts at magical visualizations of the mental configuration of sometimes rather complex visualizations these are mental and drawn with the mind so every time we do one of our guided meditations i have you guys visualizing like visualizing is so important because you're using that indigo ray that third eye you're using that portal to intelligent energy um the hope is that we can manifest it into you know uh intelligent infinity i guess that's the right way to say that um so another example well known in your culture is the visualization in your mass, the distortion of the law of one infinite creator, I'm sorry, the distortion of the love of the one infinite creator called Christianity, where in a small portion of your foodstuffs is seen to be a mental configured but entirely real man. The man to you known is Yehoshua, or as you call this entity, Jesus. It was by this method of sustained visualization over a period of training that we worked with these concepts. These concepts were occasionally drawn. However, the concept of one visualization per card was not thought of by us. So they're talking about a little bit about tarot, the tarot cards. But it's the whole thing that I, I felt like it was important to go over and relates to, to Jesus is because they, they are saying that Christianity is a distortion of uh, the law of one or the one infinite creator. And by the fact that, you know, we do um, 
it's communion, right? You know, we take the bread and it, it, it represents the body of Christ. And if we have the wine or the grape juice or whatever your church is uh, served, I mean, we did grape juice. Um, and, uh, you know, that is the blood of Christ. You know, we uh, just visualizing, working with your visualizations is what allows you to develop that inner working and that indigo ray. So I didn't want to go over that. I thought that was super cool. Um, okay. Let's go over one more for the evening. Okay. Here we go. They're talking about martyrdom here. Okay, so this is uh, session 75, question 15. Okay. Um, okay, so they're asking about Jesus taking the path of martyrdom. And so raw answers, um, this is quite correct. It is aware of certain overbalances towards love, even to martyrdom. Okay. To any significant degree, balance these distortions. We do not imply that this course of unbridled compassion has any fault but affirm its perfection and an example of love, which has served as beacon to many. For those who seek further, the consequences of martyrdom must be considered. For where martyrdom lies the end of the opportunity and the density of the martyr to offer love and light. The entity must seek its deeper path. And I think later in this session that you talk about like, well, you know, he, he did take the path of martyrdom, but he could have learned more too. like the he could have been he could have learned way more and done much more working for the creator, how he extended his life um, and not chose that path. Not that it was wrong. That's the path he chose to take. Um, but there was more opportunity for catalyst. Uh, in front of him but in, in Jesus's mind at that time it was the right decision it was the compassion of the other um folks in the other in the world you know that he wanted to uh protect so he gave himself okay See if there's any more before I shut it down that are interesting. But how do you guys feel about it? You know, how do you feel like the age that we're at, um, and the fact that we are, um, we are seeing the second coming right now in eyes of uh, what Christianity has has predicted and uh, the prophecies and that. Um, but yet, it's like. We're, we're moving past the time of persecution we, when we finally get to the point where persecute, you can persecute us all you want, but it's still going to happen. <laughs> like it's still going to be a part of me, I think is what's happening. And more and more people are like, yeah, we don't care anymore. We are who we are. Like you're, you ain't going to stop us. You're only just making us burn brighter. And that's totally fine with us. So um, 
and I, maybe this catalyst in the last couple of years really, really accelerated that. Um, you know, when you have, um, when you see stories of superheroes and heroes and, um, you know, and they, they get beat down so hard and just such a short amount, like they were a good person before, right? But they just really, in a short amount of time, like they get BF, left for dead, all kinds of stuff, like, but in that short amount of time of taking that tyranny and gaslighting and all that, like, it only like makes them evolve quicker and like just higher and faster and just to incredible speeds, they get transformed, like all of a sudden, like they just transform in front of everybody and they're like, no, like I am who I am. And that's the moment that they get like their so-called superpowers in the movies. And I don't think that's literally I think it happens on a much more subtle level, much more subtle level than what we see in the movies. But the moment they stand up and say, no, I am so-and-so, you know, I am uh, Captain America. I am, you know, this and that. So then that's a moment they just come into their power and then they just take down the bullies like in that one moment, like. Um, and then nobody else ever has any power over them ever again. Like that's where we're at in uh, globally um, or we're leading up to globally. <laughs> so I think it's happening earlier for others than it is, you know, some, but that's okay. Uh, some people just need to understand that we are, we are absolutely handed a catalyst on a golden platter. And we take it and we use it and we just become the best person, uh, the best version of ourselves ever and come into who we are meant to be that, you know, and, and we have just such a um, uh, glory fills country. Can you even imagine what was going through those, you know, our forefathers minds when they decided to make a legal document? that names our creator in the legal document and explains that we are born free in this country. There's nothing nobody can do about it. Uh, people need to be reminded of that. So um, I think the creator is gonna end up with a last word here anytime. <laughs> so, but as, as um, sons and daughters of the creator, it's our time. You know, let him be a channel for us and we stand up and say no. Uh, this is our creator's land. We are free. I am free, you know, and there's nothing that nobody can do about that. So just my my words and my my ramblings. But I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording now. Thank you, guys.